and welcome to the Sparkle Pod, Move It Mama's very own podcast. A community connected through exercise, but so much more. The Sparkle Pod aims to sprinkle a little bit of everything, from sparkle and sunshine to our daily grind and rigmaroles. We hope you enjoy. Welcome back. We are here again. Today on the potty, we are talking all things Jessica Ruth. I will be your host, Lise, as we talk to Jess and ask her questions about her life from way back, as young as she can remember. As per, we thank you so much for listening and in, and being invested in your sparkle pot. Hi, Jesse. Hello. Well, this is fun again. How um, I'm good. Well, how nice is Christchurch today and yesterday? I oh, know it's so like it's so nice. I think we've been spoiled. I wonder. Uh, I bet you tomorrow is probably going to be back down to like eight degrees or something. I'm not sure. I haven't seen the forecast. Have you? No, I haven't. But um. It's so nice and I feel like it's just really good for the brain. I know and it is just so nice to have these couple of days of such warmth and I think that's what I've always loved about when we moved to Christchurch because we got that quite often and I just loved mm. it and I, um, I I don't take it for granted so it is really nice. Mm. Um, are you sick of doing like the potties or are you all right? Because how many days is this consecutive? Oh gosh, I don't know. Would it be like when, when the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, maybe. Yeah. Six okay. So we'll, we'll just let you guys know, you listeners know that this won't be a common, this won't be happening forever. So we will go back um, to just doing a one a week episode. But just so you know, we are doing this too because we know how many of you are listening and how it's kind of keeping you company and we're getting such great feedback. So, yeah. Why not? Um, can we just say as well and point out that I put out to Instagram last night about ideas for this and I received so many cool ideas, um, some of which could be kind of collectively answered in one pod together. So we will look to do that. So thank you so much for your suggestions. One or two or three or a few people suggested the Jess story, which, you know, I don't <laughs> mind, but it might be boring, but we'll see. Lisa's oh. hosting. It's up to her. Lisa, um, Lisa, Lisa <laughs> felt quite vulnerable putting her thing out last night. I don't know why. It was not even that. I think it was just a bit boring. Like, I sounded quite boring maybe, but who knows? Uh, it doesn't matter. And um, Jess, it was totally, it's your turn because we can't not have your story. So um, mm. we will get started. Okay. Without further ado. Without further ado, uh, Jesse, what were your nicknames growing up and have any stuck with you today? I feel like there were so many, but the main one is absolutely still around and that refers to the two of us and that's Titch and Bunt. Titch being Shah, Bunt being me, that's B-U-N-T, not C-U-N-T. Oh my uh, gosh! Uh, no. <laughs> my favourite word. Um... Titch and Bunt, uh, I don't know, speaking for Shah, where t- Titch came because she was just a titch. She was moody. She's grumpy if she's hungry. That was mostly it. I just um, find that so funny because I feel like Titch, she could still be Titch. Like, Absolutely. She's she's not always titchy, but she can get quite titchy. <laughs> Especially when hungry or tired, you know. And I, I suppose though these names excused us when we were tired too because that was a lot of, you know, as we spoke about yesterday, mum excusing us for being tired for our behaviour. Um, and Bunt, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, came from like Jessica Bessica Bunter was some 
sort of chubby um, cartoon character or something like that. And I was obviously, I was a really, really chubby little girl, like baby and little girl. I also think of like Bunter McGrunter. Oh, that, yeah. Oh, yeah. Was that it? Was that and the Flubber cartoon? Guts. And Flubber Guts. Oh, yeah. So Je- Bunt and then the iterations of Bunt, Mrs. B, B, oh, yeah. <laughs> Bunter, and then Bunter McGrunter, Bessie, Flubber Guts. It wasn't you, that I was chubby either. It was just that I was the bigger twin. You guys were like a picture when you were a uh, little, like seven month old, eh? Like, do you think? <laughs> <laughs> we looked like two cabbage patch dolls. Yeah, you were so cute though. Um, <laughs> oh gosh. To put I'm it just like, nicely. Uh, for want of a better word, cute does mean interesting <laughs> but ugly, I think. <laughs> it does. <gasps> That's quite rude. I'm just joking. You were delicious. Not, but you were really. you um were quite chubby and you I think bunt to me, I just picture, you know, like you're bunting, like you you sort of bunt <laughs> around, like you sort of bunt around. But anyway, yeah. um and dad dad really always calls you that I like Bunter McGrunter. Yeah, still. Yeah. Bunt. Hi bunt. And they okay. take the place out of my voice. It's because of my voice. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny how like Titch, we still sort of sometimes call Titch, Titch too, don't we? Yeah. And then dad, dad being dad has always been a fan of a spoonerism, which if you don't, I I, I believe a spoonerism is where you replace the first letter of each word for the other. So it sometimes went from Titch and Bunt to Bitch and Tunt. Oh my gosh. I don't really remember that. (laughs) Yeah. He went through a real spoonerism phase. I know. I got Misa Litsi all the time. Misa Litsi. And hence Fooey Long is often talked about and Fico Wrong and yeah, Yeah. whatever. Yeah. I feel a bit gutted that I wasn't asked that question actually, you know? Let's talk about, okay. No. Uh, (laughs) Okay, right. Um, Jessica, please. No, I don't want to talk about that. It's not about me. Yes. Yes, yeah. sassy, geeky goko, and um, uh, like uh, monk. Yeah, monk. They look like a monkey, but that's okay. <laughs> We're not talking about me. See how I'm bringing it back to you. I'm being very good. Well done, host. I think this is a, a attributes of a really fine host when they <laughs> when they bring it back to the guest. Okay. Uh, Bunt, can you please tell us, can you describe, because I think we kind of did this with me yesterday, a four-year-old Jesse Bunter McGrunter. Can you describe yourself? Do you do you think you could do that? I can describe myself. I won't describe myself based on my memories because my memories are just shot, but we've established that in previous mm, pods. We have, um, yeah. Mm. So four-year-old me was very, very, very timid and shy, painfully shy to the point of, you know, Shah and I together being under the table, the dining room table when anyone was singing us happy birthday and in tears with the attention on us. And um, we probably at that stage had had glasses. I had bright purple ones. Shah had bright pink ones. We probably had a patch on one eye as well. That was um, niggly, I can imagine, for mum. Um, and we were just very, very, very shy I had a, also probably a very thick fringe, which I think my mother blessed me with till I was the age of about 15 or 16. <laughs> Whatever. Nothing wrong, nothing wrong with a fringe, but it was, it, you know, I, I didn't need it. Um, I, I think that the pain of growing out the fringe was so great that mum probably just couldn't be bothered. Actually, hey, can we just go back? Mm. Sorry. 
I'm interrupting you, but can we go back to, I know, obviously I know these answers and stuff, but obviously our listeners don't, a lot of them don't. So why did you have a patch? And did Shah have a patch on the same eye that you did and stuff? Like that's no, quite a cool story. I'm pretty sure we had opposite eyes. The only reason I think it was opposite eyes is because mum for a time they thought and wondered if we were mirror twins. So things were kind of opposites. Um, but one eye just being stronger. <laughs> One I've been stronger than the other, um, to the point that both of mine are pretty stuffed. But uh, yeah, just one eye stronger than the other, getting training the other eye up. My memories of you in your purple dress with your purple glasses and Shah with her bright blue spot polka dot culottes with her red glasses are so cute. I feel like you guys pulled that off and you were so, so cute as four-year-olds. Yeah, I think we've, um, yeah, I think we got a little bit better. <laughs> oh, you were adorable. <laughs> Okay, so you were painfully shy. I have a memory that possibly Shah was more shy than you. Is that true or am I, is that not true? Are you both, were you both the same? Oh, I feel like we might have been both the same, but I suppose today, you know, neither of us are less shy than the other or more shy than the other, sorry, but um, I'm probably just a bit louder. So maybe I was just a bit louder then too. I don't know. Mm. You used to slap Shara or bite her. Well, no, did Shara slap you or did you bite? What, what, or were you the one that did both? I did both. <laughs> <laughs> I'd take like a massive swing, like I'd pull my arm all the yeah, way I back remember. and take you this wound big it up. swing mm-hmm, and smack her. And I would Chinese grip her and like Chinese burn her and like bite and get <laughs> so angry. I'd pull her arm to my, my mouth and bite her arm. And it was often just about, you know, ownership, toys or clothes or something. Well, what did Shah do in her defence? Um, I don't know in the younger years and I don't know. I, you know, she is a bit more of a calm person, I suppose. Oh, she is calm, but she's also a bit mm. more impatient and stuff in, in ways too and a bit more intolerant, as you talked about last night. But um, I know in later years, like 15 or however old, but like, 12 13 14 um she just would laugh at me like I'd do the wind up smack over the back or bite and she'd just laugh and because it was never over anything that serious it was over like you know her want me wanting to wear a hoodie or something she'd laugh and then it would make me laugh and then it would be over it that's quite cute I almost think that I remember you doing that but you never actually really hurt so like you were maybe a bit weak (laughs) Maybe, maybe I've just got my guns later in life. Okay, um, <laughs> so just did you always hang out with Shah? Like, was she your friend always? And you know, were you inseparable? And did you it, just again, as we all know, I do know these answers, but it's just so fun to relive them as well. But <laughs> and other people don't know them. But did you were you put in the same class at school, or were you separate? Like, I know that some from um you know, experience and being a teacher, I know that some children that are twins, they get split up right from when they're five. What was that like for you guys? Um, Gosh, you're the one with the memory here. You could probably fill me in, but I'm pretty sure we were put in the same. We were put in the same class until we kind of got to intermediate and we were in sort of a shared space at intermediate. It was wicked. It was like three classes in one shared space type thing and we were separate separated there but still within that shared space um and I don't know why if we were intentionally put in the same class I suppose mum wanted us to be yeah so mum wanted you to be and then uh, she was like taking the risk to like sort of separate you but kind of not not. quite you remember what that space was called because I do 
VTS. And what does that stand for? Something teaching space. Variable. Variable. Okay. I remember that. Was, that. Yeah, that was really cool. That was a that was two of the greatest years of school ever. Raro yeah. intermediate. Mm. Um my pronunciation there wasn't that great. Raroa. Yeah. Uh and so yeah, through otherwise from starting school all the way up to what, eleven. 10 to 11 to 12, we started to be separated a bit. And then at high school, at Onzo College, some classes together, some classes not. Mm. And did you guys hang out together at playtime and lunchtime? Yeah, yeah. We had the one group of friends, still my, I would say, my very best friends today. I've added, added a few more external best mates too, I'd say, but still a core, core group of friends of mine, none of whom live in Christchurch, unfortunately. But absolutely a big part of our and and same with Shah Shah it got to about later last last year or two of college where Shah sort of started to have a different a bit of a am I way off a bit of a different circle she started to you know and we talked about this in the Shah podcast episode two I think that was where she sort of distanced and st- that's when she sort of started distancing herself mm, but at mm. the same time you know those friendships were still solid for her even if she was a bit distanced I think. Yeah I remember that but that's going into her Shah story but um, I remember there was a time where she didn't and now I look back at that this is how I know this that she sort of stopped going out with you and hanging out when you know we're 18, 19. I mm. think she sort of didn't always want to be hanging out at night and going out with you guys and stuff because she was with other people that maybe she felt were going through similar things as she was going through. Yeah, and I remember always telling her, like, you know, like we're no different type thing. Like you mm. can, you, you're not you're not an, an outsider or mm. anything like that. But I suppose – she made more and more friends in a uh, of a different circle and she started she just felt more comfortable there for a time and now you would say she feels rel- she feels equally comfortable with whoever she's with but you know for a time there where she was kind of figuring it all out i suppose she felt a bit more at, at, yeah a bit more comfortable around certain people for a while yeah i think it was just she was as, as much as you can say to her it's fine everybody still loves you she just probably did feel like she was there was something a little bit different and she wanted to try and feel like not different for a while. Yeah. But then, yeah. Oh, amazing. Obviously, looking looking at today and seeing how inclusive she feels with everything around her. Mm-hmm. Anyway, okay. Um, so being a little twin, so was there much competition or are you competitive? Like did you think I needed – was there competition mm. between Um. I don't really think so. I feel like like a little joking competition, but not really. We were never like too bothered by who was better at what. And to be to actually, I say that, and then I think actually of like definitely not because <laughs> across the board she was kind of better at a lot of things than I was, and I never really cared. And obviously, we're talking largely like the extra extracurricular stuff we did, which was a lot of sport and stuff, like. More often than not, she was kind of better at all these things, and I don't, I don't think it phased me. Did it? I, I no, it didn't. You, you weren't, you weren't bothered at all. But I do think you were better at netball, way. Eh? I was better at netball, but that's probably because I just liked it more. Yeah, and she, she was did. better at basketball and skating. <laughs> basketball, skating, tennis, cricket, cricket rugby. Oh, you were so good at cr- uh, tennis. Uh, 
<laughs> you were about to say cricket. Um, <laughs> no, but I still wasn't as good. Um, and then curricula, like in the school, like school system and stuff, we had our strengths and that they were quite similar, I reckon. Mm-hmm. But nothing, yeah. No, so I'd say no, not that competitive. I feel like this is a lot of twin chat, but I reckon people were probably quite interested in this kind of stuff. And um, we did. I, I got a question last night about that with a, a, a girl that is a woman that is expecting twins next year wanting to oh, talk yeah. about it. So it's quite topical for some people maybe. But um, yeah, I mean, you could talk about it for a long time, but well, and well, maybe Shah would be here. But one day maybe we'd talk more about it if it's interesting. I don't know if it's interesting. Well, we were kind of hoping Shah would be here, but she's so busy and swamped with Zoom meetings. So, and it's yeah. quite hard because we've obviously got to time it between kids and sleeps and mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so please, can you describe how you felt growing up and tell us your most favourite memories? Oh my gosh, what a heavy, huge question! Yeah, um, no, two in one. Sorry, yeah, two big ones in one. Um, tell us about growing like growing up was just amazing, and you've alluded to this before, and so has Shah that we just had such a cool um, childhood because largely to do with our extended family, and obviously being one of four, I think that's so cool. And that's you know, I I, I know Dorian and I are done with children. We'll have two, and that's it. And we are very grateful to have those two. Um. We won't have four, uh, and I think that's so cool that you've got four because I loved being one of you four. You don't um, need to, um, but you don't no, need no, to. no. Just I'm just vouching for the fact that I think that will be so cool for you, you know. And I loved being one of four. Um, it was great. I mean, we did things together as an immediate family. Our life revolved around events and birthday dinners and Christmases and with grandparents, grandpa and Pabma and Nana and then all the cousins and stuff. So it was amazing. And we'd go away on holidays with them and we never really went overseas because dad was the main income earner. Mum obviously working her butt off doing our stuff and um, teaching singing and piano on the side and to, like we never really went overseas or anything like that, but we just we did so many cool New Zealand holidays and that was really lucky that we were able to even do that. Um, with so many kids and it was great and then through like high school and stuff um, was just real cool too I think we went to a really cool school and we played really cool sport and sport was a real highlight like a Friday night basketball night you've said before and we'd go have a McDonald's combo or a foot long afterwards and getting ready with all the girls before the game on a Friday night we'd all put our legs in the bath shave the legs like gosh if only I had that motivation to shave the legs these days um and then yeah as we got a bit older we started being allowed to go to like New Year's New Year's trips with with the friends and stuff and that's where you know started to get loose (laughs) (laughs) you know that doing these are just making me remember so many things and then I was lying in bed last night going damn it I didn't say this damn Mm. it I didn't say that and I just have to quickly say something you were real good at playing the piano and singing eh Oh, well, we got a question last night on my Instagram, are we musical? So shout out to our mother. We, I, I wouldn't say I'm musical. I wouldn't say I can sing. Yeah, I, can. I don't know. But, but mum is amazing at singing and piano and taught kids to play the piano and sing um, after school when we were a bit older at school and stuff. And she's got an amazing voice too and did singing in choirs, all sorts of choirs for years. Um and we like to sing, and she taught us a bit, eh? Um, would you like to show what you were taught? Um, morning, <laughs> many, morning, myself. 
well, we've got so much to talk about. We just don't have enough time. Mm. Um, Jess, um, I remember. But she's also taught me the piano for a long time and then I got lessons and then I quit in a rage of however old I was and I regret quitting. Don't you mean, Dan, we're talking about that today, like mindset is just the biggest thing eh? like my kids are all quite good at sport but I just don't think well right now they just don't really have the mindset like Louis didn't want to go for this jog with me and I just made him and then by the end of it he was like wasting me and I was thinking he's just such a natural runner but he just wouldn't want to do it you know and yeah. the piano lessons like I remember being dragged along with Nick and Jess uh, to your um end of year concerts and you would play and you were so cute and I reckon you'd be wearing a dress every time. And yeah. don't you just wish, because you were actually quite a natural, like I remember mum, I remember me thinking I was the best at singing and piano, but mum was just like, oh no, like as if I'd be the worst. <laughs> anyway, um, you were real good at that, I think. I remember that, like you were very musical. I loved, yeah, I mean, I still like to try and play, don't I? And I wish mm. I didn't quit. And anyway, that was cool. And mum was just, that was the first time I horrifically upset my mother. And she, I said, I want to quit. I'm sick of it. And just didn't want to go to lessons or something. She said, well, if you want to quit, you have to call her yourself. Because by this time, she wasn't teaching me anymore. And someone else was teaching me. I think it probably got too hard for her to teach me. But oh my gosh, and I phoned the teacher and I quit and then mum cried and I felt like that was the first time I really How old? upset. Oh, uh, not that old. Like I must have been kind of 10 or something, maybe. Um, but I was quite good, so I could have been very good. Yeah, see, that's just, the, that's so the painful <laughs> now that can't you see that? Like, Absolutely, how- yeah. And poor mum, and don't, yeah, that's just a sucky, I mean, it's a small thing, isn't it? But it's a huge thing, and you can just see how painful that, that would have been for her. Um, yeah, she was cute. She used to teach the kids after school, like, like we'd come home and there'd be someone in the in the dining room with the piano, and she would have to be really quiet, and she'd be teaching them some, you know? Yeah. We actually should be getting mum on here, but mum is refusing, so we might talk about her all the time. I know. But what about those, the best part of that was that we pretty much had free reign of the pantry and the fridge when she was condensed teaching. Condensed milk. Condensed milk. She'd done baking that day. There was half a tin of condensed milk in the fridge. You bet we were all over it. Cocoa Pops by the bowl for cinnamon and sugar on toast like <laughs> do you, do you know what I remember I remember going through this phase of making like one massive pancake it'd be one <laughs> cup of flour one egg half a cup of sugar or something and milk and I just mix it up into like a batter and I just make myself this massive pancake and put lemon juice and butter and sugar on top I oh, mean yeah rough. Like, <laughs> And poor dad was working real estate, going to probably open homes and showings and viewings or whatever and managing all sorts of people. And we were just raiding the condensed milk. I now to this day would, if I do baking and use condensed milk, I make sure I bake enough or to, to double the recipe or do two different things to use the can of condensed milk because it will, I will eat it. And this is where we are different at the moment because I would intentionally make sure I left some. <laughs> to eat it, eh? Well, I, Absolutely. Yes, okay. Do you know what? Sometimes I say things uh, that I don't actually think are true. Like I say them because <laughs> I think about that, but then I don't do it. So I might be on your level there. Okay. Okay. Maybe okay, not. We're right. 23 minutes already. Yeah, Crikey. I know. Okay. So, hey, I know that you've had um, – well, that's what I was thinking about. Like, we, I said you, sir, had really, oh, well, it's not about me, but the whole challenge thing. Like, I, I imagine that you, I know that you had 
a particular sort of challenge around I'm not sure what age it sort of began um, and so I haven't had any challenges like what we're going to speak about but can you talk to us and I know a lot of um, the people that know you through Move It Mama and follow you um, have read or heard about you struggling with food and your identity and your body can you kind Mm. of explain when that started please um, yeah, but before I do, we I asked you that question yesterday and I was kind of egging you into the direction of talking about middle child. I know. Yeah, we didn't talk about it at I all. I know. And I so that's why I kind of wanted to say, just on a side note, guys, I do have quite a few issues of being the middle a middle child and I mm. feel like I didn't want to I don't want to upset mum though, because mum will listen. And mum <laughs> mum loved having me. She was, always used to say to to make me feel better, I, I'm so happy I've got you because the twins are sort of together and then Nick is, you know, the boy with dad kind of thing. But mm. I I do feel like I was quite I was annoying and I do think I've got issues around m- being quite a painful, annoying child. And it stemmed mm. into my adulthood and I sometimes get total paranoia that I'm not mm. I'm not like loved <laughs> but anyway, it wasn't not... no we need to flesh this out so it was a bit to do with you know the boy the only boy in the family being first then you a girl and then two twins and and but can we just say that like we've established in recent years that you felt a bit um yeah, insecure or something in that middle role but that Often it might have been comments from other people that kind of like we didn't make you feel that way intentionally, of course, anyway. But it was often the comments and the from other people more that made you doubt, you know, and made you think you were annoying and stuff. Do you think? Yeah, you're exactly right. But I do think my personality was possibly quite annoying growing up, which I am very <laughs> wary with with Rico because I don't want him to come up, come away with the same issues. Because we're very similar. And I also think you're right. You're bang on with the comments. I I would get asked every week, do you feel jealous that you're not a twin? Mm, And, mm. you know, um, obviously I didn't ever feel like that ever because I felt so proud to be your older sister. And Mm. But then all these, you know how people get in your head all the time and Mm. then you start to sort of Mm -hmm. wonder, oh, maybe, you know, I have got issues. So, yeah, I do think it was largely around um, Mm. other comments. But, no, yeah, I I seem to be doing okay and I'm still not jealous. (laughs) I'm not a twin. (laughs) I love you both. (laughs) And I feel like I know that you – I always knew that you loved me and you and Shah like really um, looked up to me in a way. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it didn't, it was never anything about you guys. So yeah, um, yeah anyway, can we go back okay. to you please? <laughs> okay. Um, so oh, I could, I mean, I could talk about this for days as well, but um, yeah, some people will know already. I don't know. I, it was about when I was kind of early twenties, I was in a serious relationship with a great guy um, and he went away for a period, um, three months, because he he really wanted to do the London thing. But I was about 22 in my first job out of uni. And I was not ready to do London, or I was like maybe 21. Um, and so he was like, okay, I'll go, I'll go travel for three months and that'll sort of be my fix. But while he was away, I it was about then, I reckon, that I just had all this time, because I was just working a job, a nine-to-five job, um, and you were in London at this point, you'd met Dan, so you were toying with moving to Sydney. Um, and 
Shah was, oh gosh, I mean, maybe Shah, Shah and I and Bridge, my best mate, were, were living in on the top of the Cuba Street in the Webb Street apartments, I think. And we... Um, I'm just going to let you know my kids have all come home and they've been down at the beach and they're in wetsuits and I'm just thinking they're going to make noise because they probably don't know I'm doing this so can you just bear with if you hear anything and I'll just give them evil so just keep going you were at the top of the apartment that was the best apartment that was so fun but there was no windows really eh (laughs) there was a big window but maybe not windows that opened or something I might be confusing flatting situations I might by this time have been somewhere else but anyway let's just roll with that um and I just had like mum was like that was not where you were that was not what you were doing do you know what I don't think I was I think I was actually above the Bristol living with Aaron and stuff I don't know anyway whatever the fact is I was living very close to the gym to Lisa Mills um and I just got I was just got so into it and I started going like twice a day because yeah I wasn't doing anything else before or after work so I'd kind of go in the morning and maybe at night as well and I'd really frost over a gym class and stuff like that and anyway I think while he was away I just became very obsessed with that and therefore it rolled into being just so obsessed with my body um I ended that relationship quite abruptly when he got back. Um, But I think that kind of time by myself made me feel like I wanted to be by myself. And I hadn't been, right? I'd been in kind of long-term relationships, like, all my life, really. Mm. Yeah, you had. When I was, yeah, 12, 13. What a question about that. Sorry. Okay. Um, So anyway, we broke up and I obviously just kept going to the gym. I remember doing a lot of sort of boiled chicken and broccoli and, you know, yeah whatever and then I decided you decided uh, you were coming to Sydney you were moving from London to Sydney because Dan's family are from Sydney and I was like well I was going to move to London to join you now but okay I can do Sydney that's cool it's warmer there um so I moved to Sydney and then it just spiraled out of control from there I think I um lived in the eastern suburbs of Sydney Coogee Beach I got sucked into the image and the scene, and you don't need to be sucked into those that scene over there. I'm not blaming the eastern suburbs of Sydney for it, but I just was, I don't know, I just remember becoming like so consumed by my exercise and what I was putting in my mouth that it just started to massively eat me up. And you, were, you had a, you kind of had a boyfriend that came, well, you had a guy that you fancied, well, you had mm. a lot of, a lot of history with like very strong friendship and then he moved over and you kind of became boyfriend and girlfriend over there, right? Eh? Yeah, we did. Mm. And I feel like we were both actually really insecure with each other too. So mm. like we would never, I don't think we would ever have hurt one another, but we were, I, I feel both so untrusting of each other mm. for some weird reason. Mm. Because um, I know how much you guys actually really loved each other. It was a very powerful, you really, really did love each other. But it, there was just, um, obviously, both of your your um, mental health, your, your mental health was just very sick in, in yeah, a way. I think eh? so. Like, I don't know what he would say. I'd, I'd be interested. But he, well, yeah, I yeah, shouldn't I say he so. was. That's a bit no. wrong. I probably shouldn't. No, but you know, sometimes you. when... Yeah, and you know sometimes when a confidence is mistaken for insecurity, actually, I think that might have been a bit for him. Um, And I just got, I was adamant he didn't want anyone like me. I was adamant he wanted someone small framed and not with broad shoulders and no 
you know why would he want like I couldn't find a pair of jeans that my I liked my legs and like I just remember throwing my shoes and throwing my clothes at the mirror and just getting changed 10 times before I even left the house for work and stuff and going to boot camps twice a day and not eating entire food groups and just I just started to see myself so differently and cut out and did you weigh yourself I weighed myself pedantically at the gym, like I'd weigh myself, and I don't think this is uncommon to weigh yourself before the before the workout and then after the workout, and thinking that something might have changed and been stoked if it had. Um, but it was just all consuming. I've told someone this before. I remember a workmate in Sydney in my recent Sydney trip life, and she was like, "Oh God, that but that sounds great! Like how committed you were to exercise and food." And I'm like, "I'm trying to tell you that it was so debilitating how obsessed I was mentally." Um, that it was not great. It was extremely unhealthy obsession. I ended up getting my boss, my boss just one day after after work, we were finishing up at like five o'clock and I said something about going to the gym and I don't know, I can't remember what I said, but he looked at me and he's like, this is really bothering you, isn't it, Jess? Like this, whatever this is. And I burst into tears and that's where it started for me to go and actually get um, help. Can I just say that, it oh, doesn't it take someone like this person because I know who you're talking about uh, someone you respect someone that's calm and someone that is um, trusted trustworthy and someone <sighs> yeah. that is a, a, a outside the bot your normal sort of sometimes mm. you know outside mm. the the you, your main friend group to mm. but that you really respect and look up to mm. for someone because like, yeah. that was the, a bit of a light bulb moment for you when he said something to you right? I remember this yeah yeah because me oh, and Dan was... were worried about you and we'd say stuff like, we, we wouldn't want to meet you for coffee because your coffee order was, you know, so more more pedantic than mine. And, <laughs> you know, you would never, we couldn't enjoy a meal with you. You would, it wasn't enjoyable, was it? Do you remember that? Yeah. I mean, I just, like, I went through the stage of just going to this um, cafe or whatever, you know, so many food places in Sydney and it was just on my way to work and I just asked for like three slices of boiled boiled pumpkin slice like very thin actually would you not be embarrassed to ask that or did you actually just think that was normal you know you know you get a vibe when you go to Sydney that everyone is into their health and fitness I think it was quite normal because people are so into it you know you go walk you go down to Bondi Beach at 6am and it's actually packed do you know what I mean did it make you did it make you look any different and did it make you feel good so that's the thing and that's I'll never forget that I just absolutely busted my balls physically and mentally and I remember being weighed by it was this cool running boot camp called the East Side Crew and Coogee they were actually really cool but I remember them telling me like not to not have bread and not have toast and I said oh even on like a Saturday morning because I'd go for brunch obviously and childless you know um and they'd be like no 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 don't have toast and uh, uh, I know I mean what the heck and I remember being weighed and I would probably weigh two kilos less than I do today. Um, all for nut, you know, like I was running myself into the ground mentally more than anything for, for nothing. And I remember my very best friend as well saying to me, Jess, do you think when you get to a certain number, you'll just be happy? Is that, is that it? And I was like adamant that a certain number would, would mean instant happiness. And what do you know? It just doesn't. Like, it doesn't work that way. Um, 
that person that asked you that question, your very best friend, the person I'm thinking of, obviously had similar kind of issues as you did at one point. Was that who was asking you this? Yeah, she'd been extremely anorexic when we were at school and she'd come out the other side and so she knew, you mm. know, she she would have known that it didn't give you the outcome that you think. Um, and I know I'm not the only one. This is the most stupidest thing is that so many women will be like this now or have had periods of their life like this and it's so normal. Um, but it's just... a and I, I, it's really hard for me to articulate how I got out of it. But I remember my boss, I was about to say his name, it's probably can say his name, Steve. I remember Steve um, and Shah, because you were in London. You must have been in, oh no, you were in Sydney, but then you you, were, you went to London. No, not to London. You went home to New Zealand. Mm. And so it was Shah and Steve were like going to the library and getting books out on eating disorders and trying to figure it out, um, how to help and I didn't know that at the time. And Steve would meet me every morning before work to make mm. me sit down and go, what do you feel like for breakfast? Not what should you eat? What do you feel like? I can't believe he did this. Like he just did this out of his own good heart and that he loved you. Mm. I mean, we, he, we, we're very fond. Us three are very close with him, but gutted that we can't just see him now and tell him, you know, but obviously you've thanked him because he, yeah. he did a lot for you, hey? Yeah, got, I remember. Sorry. Yeah, him and he'd be like, "No, just what do you feel like? Like, not it's not what about what you think you should be eating." So he kind of made me do that. Like every day we did that. I don't know how long for, but pff, yeah, I don't know. It was, it must have been a year or something like that. I don't know. And he got onto a, um, I don't know whether she was a, I think she was a psychiatrist, um, in the area near the office, so that I could go there a couple of times a week or something. It was um, expensive though, eh? I remember you thinking about money and going, was yeah. it expensive? Or did you get yeah. some work cover to cover that maybe? Mm, I don't know. I can't remember. But I remember straight away because she was so skinny, like just a lean person, going, nah, she doesn't know what she's talking about. She doesn't eat pasta. She doesn't eat bread. Look at her. She mm. wouldn't eat that stuff. No, and I didn't trust her. And I didn't really gel with her for that reason. Like, I just judged her. <laughs> what a bitch. But, yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It took it took a long time. And then I ended, we, the boyfriend that I, we've talked about before and I broke up. And I just figured I, I was never going to get over him until I actually didn't see him in the flesh so I and I thought right now I'm kind of keen to do London so I went back to Wellington had like three or four months there where I continued this obsession and continued being you know far too much in the gym and eating my boiled chicken with a little sprinkling of cinnamon on it it was quite funny but it's it's actually kind of yum um and got ready over that kind of three month period for London and went to London by myself and that was a real turning point um, because I don't know, I met Dor an, a year and a half into London, but I think, and I still would say that I had what the psychiatrist had said was anorexia, like an anorexic mind and not really an anorexic body because beside the fact, you know, other than the fact that I was eating like I was consumed in 
dictated by thoughts of food and stuff. I didn't reach reach like an anorexic weight, which at the time I was distraught about. All I wanted to be was anorexic in the body too, um, which is mad. But um, yeah, anyway, I remember for early days in London still being, you know, exercising all the time, running to the office all every day. But I started drinking a lot and <laughs> and I had no friends. Like I moved there, I stayed with Lucy, your best mate, and um, other than them, I had no friends. So I had to go to the pub after work at all sorts of hours and drink pints of cider because I barely earned, and I earned a very minimal income when I first went there as well. So I was drinking like the cheapest drinks and I put on weight. And But I, I suppose simultaneously on meeting Dor, realised that like, and this wasn't just an instant click of the fingers realisation, but I just kind of realised that no one gives a flying about what I look like. They love, they, like I'm making all these friends based on my personality. It has nothing to do with my size or what I look like. And that combined with meeting my now husband who did not give a shit either. Like he just didn't. And uh, do, he, yeah. Do you know, it makes me, It's. I feel like our chats uh, all come around to like the Emma chat, the Shah chat. Like when you are in a situation where you th- like you know what you were what you had been enduring and then mm. you with, you've met door and then you've got all these new friends that love you mm. you're a happy place because of the connections you're making got mm. nothing to do with what you look like or what your friends look like or what he looks no. like like it's an internal like your heart is happy inside because of the connections because of your friendships and your relationships and it makes you realize that that is the most important thing to life yeah, and I think like because I don't want to discredit the previous, particularly the previous two boyfriends that I had before him, because they were great. But um, oh yeah, I, I suppose because you were happy com- then and all that. But. Yeah, but it's a combination of that, and I really think, and I'm such a big advocate for this, is that like somehow I realised that like my brain and my mental my mental capacity storage tank does not have enough like why expend and waste that mental energy which is so precious on caring so much about that like I just it's just uh, life is way too short and although in my day-to-day life currently sometimes days don't feel that short but it is so short and precious and why the heck would I waste so much of my mental energy on that and I suppose having grown up like playing sport for exercise, then all of a sudden I did, you know, I did that one year club netball after school. And then from there it was just gym. And I suppose, I suppose for a big period there, we talked about this yesterday or the day before, like there was just, it was just exercising for the shape of me and for my body and trying to just absolutely change my body appearance, just get rid of it, change. I want to be this, 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 you know, flat stomach, no quads, none of the broad shoulders, whatever. But somehow along this journey, I realized that as well, there's far more bigger, there's, there's a bigger reason to exercise and it's not about that. You know, um, I was thinking about this last night as well. I'm talking about, you know, working at the gym. I worked there for a good, I reckon, three to four years off, you know, part-time, mm. full-time. And I flipping loved that place. We all did. We absolutely loved it because there wasn't all the billboards of the really like um, imagey. It was more of a sports gym, wasn't it? 
but I'm thinking because it was where all the sports teams trained and it wasn't as I mean showy as some of the other gyms but I do remember I was thinking back like we never ever once talked about exercise and how it made us feel it was just never we never that was never part of our we never I mean I went to meetings after meetings I did um, training, you know, P- PD, a lot of stuff in that centre, and it was just amazing. But I remember it was never really a topic of discussion, was it? No, no, not at all. It's Why weird. have you turned your camera off? Um, because Dorian is, I think, having to go to an emergency job. Um, and yeah, I'm just wondering <laughs> if he, <laughs> I'm wondering if he is okay to leave and if the babies are still asleep and I've just been given the monitor and they must be asleep for, well, I've got the monitor for Bo, obviously okay. I'll have to wind thing. I have to obviously not take too much longer in case Nina woke, but she shouldn't wake at all. So. Okay. Well, Dora has been called out twice today, that means, eh? Oh, he had two leaking hot water cylinders and I think both of them need replacing. So he's probably going back out to one of those. Oh, is it quite fun for him to be able to go and do something huge like human <laughs> like that? Yeah. Um, yeah, and I suppose it's quite nice because the owners or the tenants or whatever aren't there because they're not allowed to be, you know, while he's mm. while they're on level four. So they go out for a walk or something and he goes in and just does his thing. Um, yeah, I should put my grocery order in. I should get him in the queue for the supermarket on his way back too. Um, anyway, where were we? Okay, so um, so we've established that obviously maybe maturing in your brain and – um, learning and somehow overcoming your crippling illness. Um, we don't really know how you actually, we haven't really got to the actual, like, how you overcome it, eh? Like, you can't really describe yeah. it. Like, do you reckon just from realising in London that you were loved no matter what and you were living actually a really miserable life depriving yourself of so much goodness that it made Mm. you suddenly realize this is not an okay way to live yeah and I I remember Steve too he was clever I don't know whether he learned this in these books or whatever but he was like and this always rings true for me too he was like this body this obsession with the scales it's ridiculous like you fluctuate you go up and down you that's just part of you know hormones whatever there's so many variables and your body is designed to go up and down and hover around you know a range of weight why be so fixated on this number um combined with yeah realizing that no one really gave a shit um despite you know the Heathrow injection that I gained over there like no one cared I met Dorian at the peak of that he didn't care I I mean my previous boyfriend wouldn't have given a shit either but I, I was you know determined he did to think he did um and and I suppose I sort of started to move away from like so much materialistic stuff like I went through a real well I suppose it was a band-aid fix at that time though too so it was shop 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 like I earned a good income in Sydney at that time and I shopped all the time but in hindsight it was a total band-aid fix like an item of clothing made me feel good for the day and that would help for the day and then I needed something else you know so no I find it really hard to explain what got me out of it but I think a combination of realizing those things and then also changing those little little behaviors like the breakfast thing and starting to really think about what I actually felt like to eat rather than what I should be eating on paper um uh, yeah a a combination and that, that I mean maybe that psych helped me a little bit 
Um, Realising, oh, one other thing is that when I came back, so so in London too, I started like I did train for the London Marathon. I did that training was quite a quick training period, but I started, I suppose, to learn to train for things and and exercise for performance rather than strictly for what it looked like. So that to me is a really cool thing too. So we talk about exercising for our mental health and that would be my paramount fundamental reason right now. And that's the the philosophy I'd say behind Move It Mama and your philosophy too and whatever. But a, another big thing for me and a cool way to think about exercise for me too is about performance. And, you know, I suddenly loved to be able to do push-ups and push-up variations and run 20k just whip it out in a day like without training and all those sorts of things so I suppose I started to get a bit of a love for that which who can run 20k in without training like I ran about two and a half k with (laughs) and I nearly died (laughs) well it's been a while since I've done that but I remember Sha and I doing that a bit in Sydney and we'd just whip it out and it was wicked and yeah I'd like to get up to that we've got a good we got a question last night about that hey um Sorry, but can we caveat the fact to our listeners that not everyone can just get out there and whip out a 20k run like the Mitzi twins? No. Because I never have done that ever. Um, yeah, well, we all have different things. Yeah, I know. Okay, well, that was quite deep, that last 20 um, minutes. <laughs> yeah. We're going to um, just go a couple more questions before we wrap it up. Um what did you when you were a younger that version of you a younger self did you like have a dream job you wanted to be or dream <laughs> occupation you, what did you want to be when you grew up did you know the answer to this oh, I think I do I really wanted to be a butcher yeah that's exactly it with for a long time because you love touching meat yeah and I still like handling meat isn't this odd <laughs> vegetarians are squeaming in their seats um yeah I don't know I, Oh, why did I want to be a butcher? I have I no idea. I think it suits your nickname, like Bunter McGrunter the Butcher. Bunt the Butch. Bunt the Butcher. I think I, I'd already named my butchery and I think it was along those lines. Um, I wanted to be a butcher. Um, I wanted to be a silver fern, a bit like you at one point. Um, but that's all I remember is wanting to be a butcher or a silver fern. And basically finishing school, I was working at a pizza shop and my bosses who had st- opened the pizza shop had done a degree a business degree in commerce and marketing and commercial law and I was like all right I'll do that (laughs) I remember you doing that thinking you were really brainy to do commercial law you know commercial law is not law law, you know it's not a law degree but um I know hey can we just also say like yesterday when we did mine I didn't even say that I had a media degree and that was I sort of did bro I I you know how I went to uni and I became a teacher I actually did a separate degree in media and education too and media was because that could maybe launch my television career it didn't it didn't get launched so anyway um okay and so what was your dream job then like about apart from a silver fern like you know after uni what did you think like being doing the commercial law degree like did you not want to be what did you want to be I honestly didn't know. I had no idea. And that the rest of my career panned out a bit like that. Like I didn't really know. And so I went and did like, I started in like an admin job after graduating. And then I went to Sydney and I did sales. And then I went to London and I did more sales. And then I, yeah. So I never really figured it out. We haven't even talked about your PTing. Like it was when you overcame these, this eating disorder 
that you really wanted to be a PTA to sort of help educate others so they wouldn't have to go through what you went through. Is that correct? I almost don't like calling it an eating disorder. Do you know why? I mean, she, yeah, it was in a way, but I find I don't want that to like. um, Because it was so normal that so many people are probably going through this that you don't want to label it like that because it's actually a very common Yeah, and um, I don't want to take, yeah, and I don't want to take away the sort of I mean, it was serious. It was serious, but I don't want. Yeah. Anyway, people understand what I mean by that. But by labelling it. But anyway, it is what it is, which is not one of my most favourite sayings. Anyway, um, PTing. Yeah. I mean, I got a. You know, I I sort of climbed my way out of that shitty place, and Dora and I moved from London to Sydney, and it was in Sydney in um. What, it was quite late in my life, 2015 or something, I was going to be made redundant from a, an amazing job and I thought I really want to I really want to turn this around. I see, and especially in Sydney at that time too, you see people that look the picture of health. Um, they look, you know, they've got all the gear, they're in the gym, they're so well controlled with their eating and this was probably me too and on the outside they look so in control but on the inside they are extremely out of control and I just really wanted to help people find that kind of balance for want of a better word like a I just had this drive to help other women in particular so Mm -hmm. I qualified as a personal trainer in Sydney and quite quickly and got taken in by a really cool gym um, in Surrey Hills in Sydney and did my prac there and started PTing there, teaching hit classes and stuff. Then went out sort of on my own and did my own boot camps and personal training in the park and PTing in the gym at the same time. And that's where it all began. Yep, that was cool. Um, okay, and so now you are working for Move It Mama. And quite often you do say it's like a dream job for you. So I feel quite stoked that the business has provided a um, this for you. Well, aren't I lucky to be in a job legitimately where I could not think of a job I'd rather do right now? Yeah, but I can be quite annoying and I do understand that. And so I appreciate that you do have things to deal with. <laughs> you know, yeah, but like, you are I know my I'm sister not... and I can tell you when you're annoying or being yeah, okay. like passag or something. Passag. Oh, it's my worst. Okay, well, um, I was going to ask things like, you know, do you did you have lots of boyfriends and stuff? But we've kind of covered that you did. Um, you had a, I, one that I remember so fondly is an exchange student that came to Onslow College from Denmark. Mm-hmm. And he was just the most gorgeous 16-year-old. <laughs> yeah. And every yeah. Friday night would be sitting down at the dinner table and the doorbell would ring. What would be there at the doorbell, Jess? <laughs> He obviously had his father in Denmark wiring him money all the time because he would just pitch up from a taxi, get out of the taxi and just have flowers for me, drop the flowers, get back in the taxi home. Like, like what do you think his host parents thought of that? Like, did well, they I know, know what them. he was doing? I know. <laughs> I don't know if they knew what he was doing, but he obviously had a bit of kind of free reign and it wasn't that just delightful for a little short period of my life. And what about how mum and dad just thought like the sun grew out of his butt? Is that a right course. saying? The sun shone yeah. out of his ass. And yeah. Shah had a boyfriend and they thought he was like getting in Shah's pants. 
Yeah, unbeknown to them, he was not. So the flowers were working a treat, were they? Oh, that's rude. (laughs) Um. Okay, anyway, yeah. Right, um, okay, so... That's probably all we're going to have time for because we're actually at 55 minutes. I know. Crikey. Goodness um, me. Good luck. Well done if you got this far on the listening yeah. on the listening side. Okay. So my final notes are thank you, Bunter McGrunter, for your time today. Um, on behalf of Charlotte, <laughs> Kate, and Lisa Jane, we love having you as our sissy. And you're a total assy. <laughs> you're looking at me. She's looking at me over Facebook Messenger. You're a total asset to our family and your humour, your kindness and your caring nature fills our soul every day. And I know that Shah totally appreciates you too and we love you. Okay. What about Nick? Do you reckon Nick does too? Very much. I I presume you and Shah are his favourites, but we won't talk about that because then we're going to come back to me. (laughs) Um, I'm glad you had humour at the start of that too. I'm real down for that one. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. Bye-bye, everybody else. Um, we hope you guys are all well in your bubbly bubble. And I suppose until next time, we will talk to you soon. See you soon. Bye. Bye.